LL Nation, what's good? February 2nd, National Signing Day. Happy National Signing Day, even though this signing day no longer has the same pizzazz as it used to have. Uh, most of the big-time players have already signed and committed to schools. We do have news of the Minnesota Vikings reportedly being set to hire Jim Harbaugh as their next head coach, how that impacts Michigan. Will there be certain transfers out of that program that might impact Notre Dame's roster? We'll talk to that. Uh, Malik's going to be joining us, as always. We're featured by Anora Whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com is the premium American whiskey, only AnoraWhiskey.com. So uh, we basically scrapped today's show. Today's show was supposed to be um, a totally different topic. We had a guest. And I'm looking to get other guests on in the top of the hour. Um, the big news is everything that's going on with the NFL. Brian Flores just had an opportunity to watch him and his attorneys on Get Up. Uh, at about, I think it ended about six minutes ago. And so, you know, I changed the topic for today to Did Notre Dame get things right and ultimately this is a show this is one of those special shows you do whether it's radio tv podcasting it's just one of those special shows you get to do and you guys are the co-host today right and understandably we know it's black history month it's pretty safe to see or to know that you see that Malik and I are both minorities <laughs> covering Notre Dame football, which is within itself a minority. And if any podcast is going to talk about topics like this, it's going to be Lucky Lefty because that's what we do. We spend it different. So Devaris Daniels is going to come on with us on Friday to talk about CFL, his career, being in Notre Dame and everything he's doing in the business world, he's very successful right now. So I want to hop into it with this. Brian Flores was on Get Up, but let's just talk about, you know, the class action suit that he's trying to get certified by the courts in New York to sue the NFL uh, is based upon the fact that according to the suit, Brian Dable, had already been promised the New York Giants head coaching job before Brian Flores was supposed to interview. He found out about this via text messages from his former boss, his mentor, Bill Belichick, who, of course, would have connections with the Giants because that's where he really got his start and his career. Won multiple Super Bowls there with Bill Parcells as an assistant, and that's the DC. So makes sense that he would still have connections and makes sense that they will still be reaching out to Bill Belichick to consult with him on hiring practices, different coaches and things of that nature. It's nothing fishy there. The suit also alleges that Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross requested that Brian Flores not work as hard take a vacation, go away, 
going back to 2019 in an effort to lose more games, even offered Brian Flores $100,000 per loss to go ahead and get the number one pick that ultimately would have been Joe Burrow for that organization. It is also alleged that he was invited to a yacht where a prominent quarterback and Stephen Ross were waiting for him when he got there. He felt uncomfortable about the situation and quickly thereafter left that meeting. I've heard, we've heard two stories. Joe Shad tweeted out that the quarterback, the alleged quarterback for this meeting was indeed Tom Brady. We've heard stories coming out of Miami that the quarterback on this yacht meeting was Deshaun Watson. Either way, very interesting. Once the Dolphins and Brian Flores decided to part ways, and I'm going to bring this back to Notre Dame because that's going to be the big discussion at the end of this. Once Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins decided to part ways, it then became an issue that as he was going through being vetted by other teams for their potential head coaching uh, positions, the Dolphins were making it their business through back channels to degrade the character and the job that Brian Flores had done in Miami. Now, the one thing that he has is his record there in Miami during his tenure. Two successful seasons, one unsuccessful season. But he has the trust of his players. And that's the one thing you want to know about a coach. And you guys know this from watching Lucky Lefty podcast. The guys that we've had, whether it's Tory Hunter Jr., CJ Procise, Malik Zaire, who's the co-host, um, all the other players we've had. You're starting to hear everything that you didn't know about Brian Kelly or everything that you thought you knew is being confirmed about Brian Kelly and how he handled things in Notre Dame. The players will let you know. Players will always let you know what's going down. You give them enough time away from that regime, they'll let you know what the real is. They might not do it during that time, but you let them get away from that time, they'll let you know. And you've been seeing that exclusively right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast. Miami Dolphins players have spoken up. Uh, Ninkovich, who he coached, in New England, came on this morning and said, this man is the reason that I did not quit on the NFL and ended up right here at ESPN. So the last alleged incident deals with the Denver Broncos. <laughs> he was up for the coaching job for the Denver Broncos that eventually was given a big fan deal. In the interview, which took, which took place, I believe, in Providence, Rhode Island, if I'm not mistaken, I, I read over the uh, the filings last night, and I might have gotten that wrong. John Elway and other executives showed up to the meeting, an early morning meeting that was supposed to start at 7.30 a.m., hungover and uninterested in the interview. 
gonna be honest with you. From from everything that I've heard about John Elway, I hide I the the being hung over part is something I totally believe. Now, whether or not he was interested or uninterested in the interview, I have nothing to do with that. But him being hung over, it's rare occasions that he's not. That was during his career and post-career. That's just who John Elway is. Has nothing to do with his age. Everybody's open to enjoy a beer, a drink, whatever they want to enjoy. You get no judgment from me. All right. So what am I saying here? Let's bring this back. Mike Tomlin is the only minority head coach. Only black head coach. Not the only uh, Ron Rivera is also a head coach and he's a minority. So you have Ron Rivera and you have Mike Tomlin. The problem is worse on the college level than it is at the NFL level. And I'll tell you why. More teams, therefore the percentage is lower. More teams and the percentage is lower. So now let's rewind back to the hiring of Marcus Freeman. And the hiring of Marcus Freeman, I totally want to give the Notre Dame fan base and the players their flowers today. Because there's no way, and this is my opinion. I want to make sure that everyone knows this is my opinion. My opinion. Marcus Freeman is not the head coach of Notre Dame without the fan base and the players. Jack Swarbrick can tell us everything he wants to tell us. We know for a fact that Luke Fickle was interviewed. Whether it's somewhere else in South Bend or it was actually in the offices of Jack Swarbrick on campus. He was interviewed. Other interviews took place, whether via Zoom or phone. Just like any NFL team, any other university, whether it's state or private, that president, that athletic director, and that owner has the right to hire whomever they want to hire. Period. Hire whomever you want to hire. I've been on record, whether it's on my this podcast or whether it was doing shows of Brian Driscoll, the Irish Breakdown, I flat out said, I do not want Marcus Freeman to get the job at Notre Dame if that university does not 100% have his back. And the reason I said that is because he is a black coach. People, an NFL owner allegedly Asked a minority coach who more than likely is only going to get one shot to be successful as a head coach. That's the history of the NFL. You only get one shot. And in that one shot, you have the audacity to ask this man to sacrifice his career for Joe Burrow. Knowing that if he sacrifices his career, you have every opportunity to fire him and get Joe Burrow, an offensive guru, to coach him and develop him. Why would you ask a man to sacrifice his career for 100 stacks a game? That's nothing. 
How less of a man do you think of him to offer him 100 stacks a game just so you can get a quarterback and then fire this man because his record isn't good? The audacity. Now, I bring it back to this. My opinion. Luke Fickle, if he had been offered the job and wanted the job at Notre Dame, would not have been given Tommy Reese and Mike Elston. This is my opinion. This is just my opinion. We're keeping it 100 today. We know Marcus Freeman had to take Tommy Reese and Mike Elston, but I guarantee you if Luke Fickle wanted to bring in his own OC, he would have had that right. He would have had that opportunity. We're going to be real here today. You guys are going to help me co-host this today. Just let me get this out of the way. These are the inequities that we're talking about. These are the inequities that we're talking about when it comes to minority hirings, minority firings, and true opportunities. This is what Brian Flores' lawsuit is about. True opportunities. True op The Rooney rule doesn't work. It doesn't work. I would much rather, you know what I would like, honestly? Because I feel like this. If you don't like me and your reason for not liking me is because we're different, my skin color, my culture, keep it a thou wow. Because I still can respect you as long as you tell me that's where we're at. I respect you. Tell me that's where you're at. I respect you. We can move on. Might not be cool, but I respect you. Why? Because you told me the truth. And I know you deal in truth. I would much rather like NFL owners to just flat out pay the fine. Just send the money to the NFL. Just flat out say, yo, we're not hiring a minority coach. We're not doing that. Here's the half a meal. Go ahead and give it to a charity. This is my team. I hire whoever I want to hire. You're not about to force me to hire somebody just to fill a quota. Here. Here's this 500K. Or a million, because you have to in interview two minorities per the rule. Here's the one million. Give it to a charity. Now we can go through the process of hiring who we want to hire. Let the world know who you really are. Don't hide behind the rule. Don't hide behind the rule. Let the world know who you really are. If that's the way you really feel, cut the check and do what you want to do. So I asked the question, did Notre Dame really get it right? And when I say Notre Dame, I'm talking about the administration. Did they really get it right? Or did they get pushed into a corner? Did the players and former players and the swell on social media and the clamoring from the fan base, is that the reason Marcus Freeman really got pushed to the forefront? I heard what Jack Swarbrick said at the press conference. But let's be real. That's power. We talked about it earlier. The players will let you know who they want. And there was no way Notre Dame, the administration, Jack Swarbrick, and anybody else connected to the program could ignore what was going on for at least a full week. It was all over the national media. So do you really think Notre Dame wanted to just punt on that opportunity in the middle of all that coverage and not take advantage and ride that wave that was Marcus Freeman?
They would have been foolish not to. So what are we really talking about? What are we really talking about? Because there are reports saying that Luke Fickle said no. He was offered the job and said no to the job. There are actually reports out there that say that. So I just asked the question today, LL Nation. Be honest. This is your opportunity to be 100% honest. Do you think was Marcus Freeman your guy? Did you really want Marcus Freeman to get the job? This is your opportunity to keep it a buck today. This is your opportunity. You're going to help me co-host this show today. Was Marcus Freeman your guy? Did you want him to get the job? Because I'm telling you, man, I was on record. Like, yo, if you're not going to fully support this man, you know what it is. You know what it is. It's 2021 at the time. 2022, shall I say. You know what it is. Don't put this man in that position if you don't have his back. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I like what I'm seeing from his coaching staff. I will salute organizations like the Minnesota Vikings the Chicago Bears, Notre Dame. Regardless of what opinions might be, reports might be, they made the ultimate decision to go with minorities in big-time situations, big-time organizations, big-time football teams to put minorities in power positions of general managers and head coaching. I salute you. I salute you. It's a huge step. But I just wonder, based upon things being done the right way, I just wonder if we really got it right. Was the process really true? Or was the hire driven by things outside of a true process? I just Man, I just want to know. I want to know what you guys think about the situation. Because you can look at the Fiesta Bowl. It's amazing, right? All the hubbub. And we talked about it. I did a special show talking about it. Like, yo, we're not doing that. And you got people that have been covering Notre Dame, shaping narratives, making sure that you knew everything that Brian Kelly wanted to say, got out there to give the fan base excuses and low-hanging fruit to grab hold onto. Every time things didn't go the right way to give him an excuse and the same media, the same people that were out there putting his narrative out the first loss in the Fiesta Bowl. Now, all of a sudden, you want to throw stones at Marcus Freeman for using the roster that Brian Kelly recruited. Really? That's what we're doing. You can't even wait until after the first game at Columbus. I could even see if they go and lose in Columbus, I can see you saying something. I can see you talking about they didn't look prepared. They didn't look this. They didn't look that. But using Brian Kelly's roster that he recruited with Brian Kelly's coaching staff, you really had the audacity to try and pull the rug up from under Marcus Freeman after his first game with a team that wasn't his? That's why I said what I said. 
I call BS on that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And every time they try to play that card, I'm coming at their heads. Period. We're not doing that, man. Because ultimately, all of us are Notre Dame fans, and ultimately, we all want the same thing. We all want a national championship. If there's anybody in the chat right now that does not want a national championship in Notre Dame, I don't care what background you come from. I don't care how you look like, what you look like. We all want a national championship. I don't care if it's 22, 23, 24, 25, whenever it comes. That's why we're all here. That's why we come to this show every day to talk about when it's going to happen, how it can happen, what are they doing to make sure it can happen, and what are the players going to look like or who are the players going to be when it happens. That's why we come here every day to talk to you, LL Nation. That's why we're driven to give you content to talk about that national championship that's in the future. That's why we're here. And to be honest, why should we why should we care what color the head coach is when it happens? I don't care. I don't care. Resurrect Dan Devine. Resurrect Eric Parsegan. I don't care. Bring them back to life if they're gonna get the job done. I don't care. Who gets it done? Let's just get it done. But for, regardless, let's move in truth and let's move in transparency and let all things be equal. I love the hiring of Marcus Freeman, but I don't think the same things that would have been afforded to Luke Fickle were afforded to Marcus Freeman. And that's cool. That's cool. Doesn't mean we can't win. I still believe we'll win. But I just think what's happening with Brian Flores is also a direct reflection of what we saw in the process that ultimately led to Marcus Freeman becoming the head coach at Notre Dame. That's all I'm saying. And as I told you before, we got to change that energy because we got to be better than that. We have to be better than that. We just have to be better than that. Shouldn't be that way. Let's get to it. DBZ, thank you for the super chat. Keeping the 100 people don't like the color of the new coaching staff. Real talk. That's another thing. <laughs> it's like his best friend is James Laurinaitis. His best friend is James Laurinaitis. And honestly, this might be... <laughs> Oh, this might this might be the most soul power on a Notre Dame coaching staff in the history of Notre Dame. Period. Period. And honestly, it might make it might make some people feel a certain way. Might be a segment of the fan base that's like, man, I don't know. And that's cool. Because I know as a fan base, if he's winning games and winning national championships, you'll push that to the side. You won't care. And that's what ultimately matters. Chris Irway, thank you for tapping in. Freeman's the guy I wanted to replace Kelly because I believe he is building it differently. But there will always be fans who will be asking for his head if we lose to Ohio State, Clemson, and USC next year. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Hey, it's a results-oriented business. business. I don't have a problem with that. If he's not getting the job done, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. 
That's it. It's time to move on. Do I believe he's going to get the job done? I think he's proven from the staff that he's putting together. We can, Look, we already know that he's made improvements at the wide receiving uh, position. Uh, reports have come out late last night. I called. We had Howard Griffin on yesterday. Tim Brewster, he played at Illinois, played in the NFL, uh, was a head coach in Minnesota. Coach Kyle Pitts as the tight end coach down in Florida. He is slotted. If he wants the job at Notre Dame, he's slotted to be the new tight end coach at Notre Dame, according to reports and sources around the program. That's the hire. And from everything I've heard from the people that I've reached out to, elite recruiter, elite recruiter at the position and a great teacher. So that's your next tight end, tight end coach. That's your next tight end coach at Notre Dame if he wants the job, according to reports. Uh, let's see. I just want to point out to LL Nation, I love y'all, man. Your SpongeBob jokes are hilarious. I saw them. I was laughing before I started the show. You guys are crazy. That's why I love you. I hope I, hope I sound good today. Hope I sound just fine. <laughs> my guy, Eugene, I appreciate you, my brother. Man, I need you to give me my towel so I can wipe my forehead. Talking about him in my full pit this morning. <laughs> Absolutely. One, day one. We appreciate you. That's right. Smash that like button, y'all. Smash that like button. Question of the day was Marcus Freeman. This is your opportunity to keep it 100. Was Marcus Freeman the guy that you wanted to be the next head coach? At Notre Dame. Steve Williams, thank you for tapping in. He says, I'm 100% behind Freeman. Mike Parks, one of our day ones. MF era fire. Liddy. Michael. I hate because I always mess names up. Michael Katrosis. I know I messed that up. Freeman is a diamond in the making. I'm sorry, Mike. Control six. Hopefully I did it better. Jay Golden, 44, absolutely because of the passion and recruiting and being a relatable coach. That's good to hear. I see my boy Wet Blanket is in here. Uh, I'll get to his comment in a second. Sean Paulus, thank you, my dude. For me, it was Freeman or Bus. That's our coach, 100%. That's what's up. Lee Marie, yes, I am looking for him to be the first biracial coach to win a national championship. I thought he was being groomed when he was hired for the future. Byron Davis, yes, he was my first choice, period. Tyler Evans, yes, 100%. He was the guy I wanted to be the next head coach. All of this is very encouraging, man. We're open to everybody. If you didn't feel that way, lack of experience, all of that. You know, there's my guy, Wet Blanket. Indy is very lucky to have Mr. Freeman. We appreciate you. Uh, Rich W., damn straight I wanted him. I said it as soon as Kelly left.
Holland Park. I wanted Mark Freeman to be the next head coach when he was hired as DC. Man, you, you wanted it that quick? Yeah, I'm going to talk about the Washington football team and their new name. That's 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 Petty Train. We'll get to that in the Petty Train. Of course, we're going to get to Caleb Williams. We'll talk about that. I think one myself and Juan Lazada, we were on Twitter last night debating the record um, that USC is going to have. Fun debate, fun banter. Michael Park says... The NFL equals the WWE. That's crazy. Let's see. D Brown, 2020. Now that this bribery has been exposed, let's expose some bribery to referees because it's clear sometimes. Especially in the NFL. I don't know if you guys have seen this clip. You can go to my Twitter page. I actually retweet, retweeted it. The... Mixon run, the Joe Mixon run in overtime that ultimately put them in field goal position technically was a fumble. And I was wondering at that time why Andy Reid was arguing or debating with the referees. And I think they mentioned it, but I really didn't see. So when the All-22 came out, and I forget who originally put it on social media, you see Joe Mixon avoid a tackle, untouched, and he bumps into his offensive lineman trying to cut back and falls down. The referees took it as he gave himself up. Joe Mixon wasn't giving himself up. He was trying to cut back, got bumped by his own offensive lineman, fell down, got up, and threw the ball. The Chiefs players immediately recognized it. They immediately recognized that nobody touched him. He jumped up, threw the ball. The Chiefs picked it up and started to run the other way. Andy Reid wanted to challenge. Of course, he couldn't challenge because it has to be started by the booth in overtime. And you know, it would have been a terrible way for Cincinnati to lose that game. And ultimately, I think the best team that day deserved to win and won the game. But the rules are the rules. That was a fumble. And it would have been crazy to see if the booth had actually buzzed down. It would have been crazy to see how that would have turned out. Bananas. I agree. B. Brown, 2020. Brian Flores, I've heard, I've seen people in articles refer to him. And I don't like this at times, but I've seen people refer to him as the Rosa Parks of black coaches. And that I don't, you know, I try to I try to stay away from connections like that. But he is making an extreme sacrifice. An extreme sacrifice. Let's see. Guinea pig clips a little while back, you put the over-under for top 50 guys at four and a half. I guess you're equating top 50 guys to five stars. Assuming we get five, that's the same amount of top 50 recruits Kelly got in the last seven years. Wow. Thank you for those numbers. He only got five top 50 recruits in the last seven years. That's, yo, that's wild. That's wild. So guys, let me know. Like, 
out of the three things that were alleged in the lawsuit, which one to you do you think is more detrimental? Because the NFL can't allow this thing to be litigated all the way out in court. They can't. They can't. They can't start letting NFL owners get subpoenaed. Tom Brady would have to be subpoenaed and testify. And there's, yo, this this thing could get ugly if the if the NFL truly allows this to be litigated to the full extent of the law. They would be foolish. And I don't know whether or not they think it's a bad look to get to settle in this situation, but it would be an even worse look to have NFL owners and the the GOAT, the greatest quarterback of all time, going in and walking into court to testify. That That's not a good look. So ultimately, Brian Flores, he might have sacrificed his coaching career, but he definitely has put the NFL and his ownership in a very difficult situation, a very difficult situation. And the and <laughs> Bill Belichick, man, look, I've texted the wrong person before. And like, oh, man, my bad. I'm sorry. That wasn't meant for you. Bill Belichick just, yeah, I'm sure the Giants are upset with him this morning. But, hey, we've all done it. Michael Parks, I didn't believe his speech when he was reading it. Mike, who specifically, who are you talking to? Are you talking about uh, Freeman, Swarbrick? EBZ, absolutely. As soon as he would start losing those games, they would have had, they definitely had reason to fire him and to go get an offensive guru once they draft Joe Burrow. It's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. David Flores says he wanted Marcus Freeman. He's a player's coach. get to some more of your comments and then we're going to switch over in a little bit and talk about national signing day what's going on with jim harbaugh and caleb williams his first day of classes was yesterday at usc i think i got to those as i got m w j r PLJ Jaguars, 1,000% certain I wanted Freeman to get the indie gig, MF era. Any pig clip says, Freeman is bringing that natty back to South Bend where it belongs. Man, I hope so, my man. I hope so. I haven't heard this, DBZ. People are complaining already the new coaching staff has a lot of minorities on it. I, I would hope not. Like, as fans, do do we care? If, it, if if Notre Dame had robots on the sideline and we won national championships, would you care? Would you really care? If we had robots, artificial intelligence going out there on the road, beating the path, pulling in 10 five-stars over the next two years, would you care as a fan base? It's like, come on, man. Like, it has to look a certain way for you to like it. 
And maybe some people are like that, right? Maybe some people are like that. They're about presentation, right? The steak has to be on a certain plate, has to have the sauce on it just the right way. The vegetables have to be stacked up over it, very pretty, to make you feel like you're getting like a great meal. Or can you get it off a grill made out of a garbage can in the backyard, same piece of meat, put it on a nice little plastic plate with some A1 sauce, a little potato salad. Like, what are we really talking about? Taste is not always determined by composition. It's not. My grandmother, her kitchen was on the west side of Chicago in a two flat. She didn't have much and the stove looked like it was needed to be retired. And the best meals came from that stove. Better than five-star restaurants. Facts. So we start getting into all this composition of staff and who's on the staff. Who cares? We all want the national championship. That's what matters. Getting the national championship. All that other stuff is for the birds. Let it go. Let it go. Give me the natty. Sunset Kid, I appreciate you. Eugene, where's my towel, my dude? I'm sweating in the pulpit right now. <laughs> we appreciate the super chats. We appreciate your support. Subscribe, share, like. Let everybody know. We spend it different right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're also available on Apple Podcasts. Get back to some more of your comments here. Let's see. Matt Racky, thank you for tapping in. I am a white dude, but I am, but I am, I want some young black guys on the staff. They will relate more to some of the top recruits. So glad we have Coach Freeman. Matt, thank you so much for giving your honest opinion, my dude. Tavis McKay, I have loved what I've heard about Freeman. I hope results come. I think we all pray that he succeeds. Everybody in the chat that's on that vibe. Brendan Stannard, what's up, my dude? I love the hiring of Freeman when he was hired as DC, but even more excited for him to lead us into the battle every Saturday. Freeman will have this team more prepared than Kelly and Prepared, more prepared than any Kelly Coast team. Lee Marie, I live deep in the South, love ND and SEC competition. Have not given one thought to the ethnic identity of any position coach. I don't care. Every coach has a great resume and experience. And we appreciate you, Lee Marie. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your comment today. Anthony XX. Everybody wanted Freeman. What do you mean? That's not true. Go over to Facebook. Go to the Irish Breakdown Facebook page. Everybody did not want Freeman. Go to all of these uh, Notre Dame groups on Facebook. Everybody did not want Marcus Freeman. They did not. 
David Jones. I see you uh, trolling, my bro. <laughs> Antoine, what's up, bro? Antoine Portrado. And for damn sure, based on what's been happening in the NFL with the non-hiring of black coaches and how they are treated when they have been hired, white coaches get more leeway. Look, all I say is just look at how things are played out. That's all. That's all. Vic Fangio has a <laughs> Vic Fangio more than likely would get another opportunity as a head coach before Brian Flores. And I would say that before Brian Flores came forward with this lawsuit, just because of the track record, just because of the track record. I mean, Dan Quinn time in Atlanta went horrible. Yes. He went to a super bowl, but he blew a 28 to three lead. He blew a 28 to three lead. And the offensive coordinator that blew that 28-3 lead got a job in the NFL. Got a job. But yet still you have guys like the enemy. And Look, it's evident. We see what's been going on. Like we really don't have to get into it. It is what it is, which is why I said, look, NFL, just set the fine. Set the fine. These owners can hire whomever they want. It's their business. They paid the money for. And I'm not about to tell another man what to do with what he paid for. I'm not doing that. I'm not that guy. I would like fair practices to be, you know, to take place when it comes to the hiring of coaches, general managers, executives, everybody in the office, support staff, everything. I would love for it to be fair hiring practices. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And if you don't want that to be the case, keep it a buck. Keep it 100. Say, tell the NFL and tell the rest of the world I'm going to hire whoever the hell I want to hire. I don't care what you think. Here's my check. Matter of fact, I it would be great for an NFL owner to put that on his social media, record himself signing a check, saying that, Send the check to the NFL, and they can give it to a viable chair. Period. Be 100 and let people know who you really are and how you feel. I will respect it. Don't have to like you. Don't have to like you, but I respect it. I respect it. Samuel Woody said 100% would have taken Nick Saban over Freeman. But outside of him, Marcus Freeman was the guy I liked for the job. Uh, yeah, I would have taken Nick Saban in the heartbeat. I would have taken him in the heartbeat. Johnny S. Definitely Marcus Freeman was my choice. John DeCrisio. Definitely the guy I wanted. He seems to appreciate the uniqueness of Notre Dame. Love his approach to recruiting. Hope he is extremely successful. Pierre, no one is saying a thing about Hugh Jackson, who is now coaching at Grambling, and is still not in the NFL. You know, Hugh Jackson got a raw deal. You see, look, Hugh Jackson was trending in the right direction until his quarterback injured his knee in the playoff game. That's it. That's it. That's pretty much it. You talk to any player that played for Hugh Jackson, they vouch for him as a man. 
They vouch for his character and the situation after that. Not Hugh Jackson. You're talking about Hugh Jackson. I'm thinking about Marvin Lewis. I apologize. That's what I'm thinking about. Hugh Jackson. Yeah, I mean, his situation was a little different, but unfair. And I understand what you're talking about. Sorry for the mix-up. That's on me. Uh, Joseph O'Hare. What's the latest on Moore? Do you think he's coming to the Irish? I think we talked about this Monday. His strongest relationships, and this was before Jim Harbaugh. All right. As I said before, Malik has a relationship or has built a relationship with him and talks to him on a consistent basis. I think his stronger, strongest relationships at this point are Michigan State and Notre Dame. And Tommy's done a really good job to this point. And Tommy and Marcus Freeman are going to have to close. That's it. They should be all in on Dante Moore as a staff. And it's just about closing. But it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight with Michigan State. It's going to be a fight with Michigan State. And I think Michigan State is going to have to prove a lot on the field this year. They're going to have to back up last season with another good season. And Mel Tucker, to this point, has done a really good job. He's built a strong relationship. He was just at Michigan State this past weekend. And he was at Miami uh their junior day the week before that and he's going to be showing up in notre dame's campus probably in the month because we don't have the schedule yet of the next junior day i believe the next one is like right before spring ball starts and practices start don't quote me on that but i think he'll show up he'll he's definitely going to be back on campus he's already been in campus three times so he's familiar with notre dame what he's getting into and like i said he has a strong relationship with uh tommy reese luke kirkwood thank you tell malik it sounds like he's been recording with a potato the past couple of days but look man the dude i'm not i don't <laughs> look that's my guy i'm not gonna get on him he's not here to defend himself recently moved had to move equipment get internet set up in a new spot all of that having to work with network on his phone the last couple of days it's been i've had to it's, it's better if you go listen to the shows on apple Podcasts the last couple of days it's much better than a youtube it's much better than a youtube i was able to raise his audio filter some things out and make it sound sound much better DBZ, that's a good question. That's right. Uh, freshman JoJo Johnson parted ways and decided to transfer. It was a mutual, um, it was a mutual decision between him and the coaching staff. And the numbers that they have coming in at cornerback, the class they have coming in in 22, the early enrollees like Jaden Mickey. It's just a numbers game. And to give the young man an opportunity to go ahead. And find another school where he thinks an opportunity is going to be best for him to get on the field. Uh, Indiana will probably be in play. Illinois and a couple of uh, other Big Ten schools. So um, much success to the young man. 
You know, I, like, as I said before, he met with Marcus Freeman, I believe, Monday. And then thought on things and ultimately decided to uh, part ways and lead a program. Let's see. Double down after the IB interview with him before last season, I was ready for BK to go MF era in full effect. Yeah, that was that was a huge get for IB and Brian Driscoll to get that Marcus Freeman interview. Won't be as easy this time. Adam Ziliak, 100% Marcus Freeman. Love his personality and energy he brings to the team. Absolute opposite of what Kelly brought as a head coach. As I said before, the players we've had on that played under him, Howard Griffith yesterday, who was the father of a player that played under Coach Kelly, was very open about the culture and what wasn't being done and the coach not fully believing in the team and in the players that he recruited. Like, how, how does that feel? Like, a lot of people are getting on Jim Harbaugh, taking an interview with the Vikings today on National Signing Day, when the truth of the matter is most of his recruiting class was already signed during the early signing period. So, like I said, the National Signing Day in February doesn't have the same pizzazz. Like, dude. Brian Kelly recruited kids, sold them on coming to Notre Dame, and then didn't have faith in the kids when he got them in the program. That is – come on, man. Come on, man. We're cracking jokes on Andy Reid now, man. Look, I'm in Chicago, so we just dealt with the uh, Wendy's – I mean, the uh, – Denny's menu that Matt Nagy had for years. So I don't have any jokes for Andy Reid and his menu. Watching Matt Nagy over the last four years. Um, Nick Colpitz, the 574, 100% backs Marcus Freeman. That's what's up. Royal Fingers pointing out. What I talked about, I said the same thing when it happened. I was mad at Mixon and surprised when the ref didn't review. Yeah, it was like, yo, that would have been the worst way for that game to end. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad no one called him on it and, and gave the Chiefs the ball. They didn't deserve it. And I, no, nah, they didn't deserve to win that game. They didn't. Bob Bordnaro. Absolutely 100. I was ready to suit up and play for him, and I'm 55 years old. Bob, I'm sure you still got a 4'6", 4'740 in you. You got it. I don't know if you have any eligibility left, but. Beasy <laughs> said she would not stand for any slander against the Waffle House. There are a lot of people that think the Waffle House is overrated, though, DBZ. Real talk. See, I think. The Waffle House is all about where you go. Waffle House in Atlanta is undefeated. Undefeated. I did go to a Waffle House that was suspect in Fort Lauderdale. It was pretty suspect. I have to admit, it was suspect. The the one in, um, I went to one in Alabama that was fired before. Uh, the ones in Atlanta, I've been to multiple ones in Atlanta, fired. And I think it was another. It was another southern state. 
what did I say, Alabama, multiple ones in Georgia. The one in Florida, down to Fort Lauderdale, was suspect. A little bit too commercial. Didn't like the cooks. The cooks make everything. The cooks make everything. Because besides the waffles, the Waffle House has the good crispy bacon and the grits are done just right. My man, Tremaine Dumel, thank you for the content you send me all the time and the stories. The text and the Dolphins tanking for pay. I think, to me, that's the most damaging thing to the NFL. The Giants, uh, what happened with the Giants being alleged, in my opinion, in corporate America, happens more, more often than not. Where you interview somebody, you think that's the guy, but there's someone else that's qualified, and even though you've pretty much settled on that individual, like, you know what? Let's still bring this person in and talk to them. Even though we feel like we want to hire this person, let's bring this other guy in. You know, he might surprise us. He might show us something different that gives us pause. And more than like, I think maybe I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that that's the line that they were on. But yeah, it's not a good look either way. Juan Lozano paying Flores 100K to lose games. That's, man. Stephen Ross, my man. It's not looking good. Spark, 52, 19. I judge the man by his character, not by the color of his skin. Coach Freeman is the man who will lead us to the promised land. I am excited for his hire, and I will, as I was when Lou Holtz was hired. Spark, we appreciate you, my man. I got Michael again. I'm 64 years old and believe that the NFL has not only been racist, but oppressive in its hiring practices. I hope Flores gets a boatload of money. More than that, I hope he causes a settlement to come, and I hope he forces the NFL and its owners to come to the ta to table to change practices. Ultimately, that's what I hope happens more than anything, that his legacy is not something that he got financially or financially gained but the change he brought that will impact future hirings and future minorities trying to get into coaching in the National Football League. <laughs> Matt, I know that's right, Matt. I wish the Bears would have tanked for Joe Burrow. <laughs> I know that's right. Man. Marcus Kerr, I'm confused at what this all has to do with race. Brian Flores will get another coaching job. Willie Marcus? Is that the history of the NFL? There's one black coach in the NFL. One. When 70% of his participants or his players share the same ethnicity. It has everything to do with race. Fair practices. I just pointed out at Notre Dame. Fair practices. We all love Marcus Freeman, but I guarantee you, if Luke Fickle wanted to bring his own staff, he would not have been forced or asked very nicely to accept or keep Tommy Reese and Mike Elston, who ended up leaving anyway. It's not the same. The fairness doesn't exist. It just doesn't. 
you can choose to ignore it, that's fine. But if you want to act like race isn't an issue and hiring practice in the NFL on the college level, then I'm sorry, my man. I don't know what else to tell you. I just don't know what else to tell you. So let's go ahead and switch right quick. I got a little bit of time, and then we get to the petty train. Eugene, I'm with you. I can't wait to smack USC. As I said before, Juan and I went back and forth a little bit. <laughs> They've had a lot of transfers from bad teams. I like to say that. This is the same team that was deficient on the offensive line, deficient on the defensive line. They haven't secured that quite yet. They got a bunch, they have a bunch of talented quarterback with Caleb Williams transferring in, a bunch of talented wide receiver. The defensive backs, unless they added some guys like Eli Ricks or Brandon Joseph, still an issue. So what Lincoln Riley has done is he left a three-loss team in Oklahoma. And he went and picked up, at least next year, in my opinion, a four to five lost team at the end of the day. And he's hoping the same quarterback that couldn't get him to the Big 12 championship in the Big 12 can get him to the Pac-12 championship in his first year without an offensive line, without a defensive line, and a thin secondary. And a lack of speed at linebacker. And all of this information that I'm telling you is the same information that the people that are covering USC are reporting. The people that are covering USC are saying, yeah, that's nice. We got Caleb Williams. We got receivers. We got this. We got that. But the bones of this roster, suspect. Suspect. So this is the same team that got dominated and pushed around at home because of those same deficiencies by Stanford, Oregon State, and Utah. Nothing's changing at least not next year. Is Caleb Williams a better quarterback than what they had? I'll give you that. Is he going to have to outscore everybody each and every day? Yep. Is he going to be on the field to stop the other team from scoring? No. Therein lies the problem. Uh, let's see. One, you said, no, you need to care because if not, then every head coach in the NFL, NCAA will all be Caucasian. Well, that, I'm, I'm trying to make a point. And my point is I want winners and I want everything to be fair. This is the world. I want wins, and I want everything to be fair, period. I don't want everybody to think I was just saying, yo, I would take robots on the sideline just to win. I was being just a tad bit hyperbolic and using that example. Of course, I want diversity. I want fairness and hiring practices. But ultimately, we know that's not the case. That's not the case. 
But let's be real. We're so thirsty for a national championship. Let's be real, Notre Dame fans. We wouldn't care if it was robots getting it done at this point. We just we wouldn't. We really wouldn't. We would we just want the national title, man. We're hungry. We're hungry as a fan base for that national championship. Nikita 3000, thank you for tapping in. I personally don't have an issue with the hires. It's diversity in all aspects of coaching. We need to start taking notice. And once again, I applaud Notre Dame for the hire of Marcus Freeman and then supporting him in his hires for his coaching staff. Same way I saluted the Minnesota Vikings in the hiring of their GM and the Chicago Bears in the hiring of Ryan Poles as their general. Coleman Clark, Indy gets a natty. I will dance in the streets, which would be an ugly sight. Can't be any worse than Brian Kelly. Can't be any worse than Brian Kelly. But we appreciate you for tapping in. I want to make sure I get to everyone. Kevin Park, this is, I think this is definitely viable for Brian Flores, which would be transitioning to, I know immediately somebody like Deion Sanders will hire him at an HBCU immediately if he wanted to keep coaching so he's going to be in coaching maybe not in the nfl maybe not in the highest level of college football because the best coaches in college football are definitely connected to nfl coaches and nfl organizations but ultimately he'll always have a job as long as guys like Deion sanders and hugh jackson and marvin lewis are out there absolutely he'll always have a job no problem transitioning to college Hey, and Kevin, you're right. Yo, he can be my DC all day at Notre Dame. All day. Would Notre Dame want that smoke and want the lawsuit hovering around the program? More than likely, probably not. But hey, Ron Tuck, he's only coached one game. Can we give the man some time? All talking about Marcus Freeman. Yep. Anthony Essex said the same thing. Flores with BC at Notre Dame. Uh, Jimmy, you know, I want to get to this. Jimmy James, as the dad of biracial kids, I look for the day that this isn't even a conversation. Kudos, kudos, kudos to that comment, my man. It shouldn't be a conversation. And unfortunately, you know, it's a conversation that we have to have. We have to have and bring it to the forefront to solicit change we just have to paul curry it's the bell curve five percent would never be happy and try to find reasons to be unhappy freeman is a special man who is making strong staff decisions paul we thank you for tapping in and listening in to the lucky lefty podcast this morning chris Irway, with harbaugh potentially leaving if we don't land dante more do you think that could spell the end for Reese if it the underperforms this next year? Give Freeman a chance to bring him in his choice. You know what? I wouldn't say that. I think Tommy is here for at least two years. Uh, just like Marcus Freeman is developing as a head coach. Uh, you were with us yesterday when we were talking to Howard Griffith. We both were open with how disappointed we were well, how calm 
Marcus Freeman was. And we know that's his demeanor, but there were certain times and certain calls in that game we felt like Marcus Freeman really needed to be on the referees. And that's something that he'll grow into, something he'll learn, something he'll develop as a head coach. And we have to give him time to do so. And we have to give Tommy Reed some time to continue to develop his own fingerprint and establish himself. He has full autonomy over the offense for the first time. And I'm very confident, as I said before, in him being able to game plan for teams. Now I want to see if he can become that special play caller that has that gift in the midst of games and make certain adjustments. And that's something we probably didn't see. It's not that he didn't make adjustments or attempt to make adjustments in the bowl game. It's just that when the opportunities, um, you have to have that guy, a quarterback, that can take the adjustments, take the play call, and actually make it happen on the field. So, Because I'll give you a perfect example. The way the Oklahoma State adjusted, which was man-to-man, with the safeties uh, deep because they didn't respect the running game, there was plenty of opportunity for Jack Cohn if he was able to scramble to make big plays just like Spencer Sanders did for Oklahoma State. But he can't run. He can't run. I'll, I'll go as far as to say this. If Ian Book quarterback that game, Notre Dame wins. Because when Oklahoma State makes the adjustment and they go man-to-man, and they back their safeties up 20 yards to take away the deep pass. Yo, well, not 20 yards. It was like 10 to 12. And they really shrunk the field in the passing game. That's why the post pattern worked to Lorenzo Styles. We just didn't hit it because their safeties were up. And they weren't up trying to stop the run game. They didn't think they they didn't even think Notre Dame would run it. They felt like they could stop Notre Dame's run with their front four and their linebackers. And they did. They forced Tommy Reese to totally go away from it. Or he made, well, he made the decision to totally go away from it. So it is what it is, man. You know, if you have a scrambling quarterback that can throw and move his feet, make plays with his feet, Notre Dame wins that game running away, in my opinion. Then you're able to attack the adjustment of Oklahoma State with your quarterback and this ability to make plays. Mike McCarthy, 100% MF. No question, I'm white too. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you guys are sporting your ethnicity. That's not what I was asking for. I just, man, but I, I appreciate you being totally transparent and honest. 100%. I am highly concerned about the NIL stuff and hope ND is able to compete with this current state. Freeman's ability notwithstanding, I have confidence in him. I think Notre Dame is taking this opportunity to allow it to play out and see what settles at the bottom and ultimately becomes a true landscape of NIL. I think it was Lane Kiffin, who I was going to put on the petty train and still will. He sat down with uh, Carl Reed, who we have we had him on our show uh, Monday from 247 Sports, Kari interviewed him yesterday, and Lane Kiffin was like, yo, man, we're going to have to put a cap or something on this NIL because Texas and Texas A&M are basically buying recruiting classes at this point. 
classes that they never would get, now they're buying them. And they have those resources being down there in Texas where there's plenty of money. I'm sorry you feel that way, Marcus. Then you must be clueless. I don't know what world you live in. I just don't. I gave you facts. I gave you the facts of the litigation that's going to be happening with Brian Flores. I connected to Marcus Freeman and Luke Fickle and how fair it was pretty much to ask Marcus Freeman to take something that you wouldn't ask Luke Fickle to take in the hiring practice. That's not fair. If you think that's fair, then I don't know what to tell you. And I don't know what you're missing. I don't know. I mean, it's been pretty simple, black and white. If you choose to have blinders on and lack the understanding of racism in America and unfair hiring practices in America, not just in sports, but across the board, what's been taking place with minorities for years in this country, I don't know what to tell you. Of course, you think America is just perfect, I guess. Everything's perfect. Racism doesn't exist. Everything's perfect, and everybody gets to be successful on their own merit. So, all right, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. David Flores, big fan of the show. You always keep 100. My dude, appreciate the super chat. Marcus, what are you talking about? Nobody is talking about money. We're talking about hiring practices. Luke Fickle could bring his own staff in. Marcus Freeman was asked to take certain people. That's not fair hiring practices. Simple. What are you talking about money? What does money have to do with anything? Nothing. This is what I'm talking about. Brian J. Irish. Sean, I don't have to like you, but I do. I appreciate it. But I do respect you. Keep it real. That's all I'm saying. That's all I want the NFL owners to do. Keep it real. It's been obvious. That more than likely you don't want to hire minorities to be the face of your franchise. Cool. Keep it a buck. Stop hiding behind a Rooney rule. Write the check to the NFL to give to charity, since that's your stance, and hire the heck, whoever the hell you want to hire. Hire them. Just cut the check. Cut the check. Stop trying to fool everybody with these fake interviews. Stop. Cut the check. Send the money to charity and do what you want to do because that's what you've been doing. But you've been trying to fake the funk and fool everybody. No one cares about that. No one cares about that. And look, if, if you're an NB fan and you wanted Luke Fickle or you prefer Luke Fickle or you prefer anybody else, Matt Campbell, anybody else to be the coach, you have the right to have that opinion. That's don't, don't be a jerk and root against the guy that got the job just because it's not the guy you want. Like, what are you really doing as a fan? Let's be serious.
my boy Caesar. What's up, my man? Good to see you back again. Also, it might take time to have a 10, 11, 12 games per season. <sighs> the games this year. One of the coaches said Kelly's videos are pathetic. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know if you were speaking about USC or Notre Dame, but either way, I don't see Notre Dame struggling, but I do see USC struggling because Notre Dame in the trenches next year, Notre Dame is going to be straight. O-line with Harry Heastan and the talent, the young talent, and that defensive line, and then the message that you hear from this defensive side of the ball, they're talking national championship. They're talking about being a national championship type defense. That's what they want. So you have to have good vibes about the defense. Sean, the music that came out easy by the game. And yay, have you checked it out? I have not checked it out, but I'll take your word. As soon as I'm done, I'll give it a listen. Man, y'all ain't here taking shots at everybody. Y'all going on Brian Kelly. So, yes, the Washington Commanders. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. I guess from a marketing standpoint, you vet it, you go through the names, you go through the logos, and you try to think which, which merch is going to sell more, what sounds better. What slogans can we come up to really get ticket sales up, PSLs, all of that stuff? I'm sure all of those conversations took place. And if they landed on Commanders, then I think it's whack, personally. There's no flow to it. And um, maybe the connection is Commander-in-Chief. With it being D.C. presidency, maybe it'll be surrounded by the presidents and all the past presidents. I don't know. I have no clue, but I'm thinking maybe that's the direction they're going. So we'll see. <laughs> that's what's up, Sacho. The Waffle House is all about how messed up you are at the time. That does affect the taste. Eugene Williams, Atlanta versus Florida Waffle House is a totally different experience. I'm a witness to that. Um, Amarillo, Texas, and OKC Waffle Houses are met. Okay, Michael Graves, I won't try them. Uh, <laughs> all right. It's not the Waffle House, it's the Waffle Home. DBZ says Waffle House is undefeated, extra crispy with salt and pepper in the grits, <laughs> no doubt. John Collins says Freeman is putting together a staff of like-minded coaches, and to me, 70% of the players' success on the field is coaching, and he's looking like the Messiah. Josh Miller, Marcus Freeman is a great man and leader of men. That's all that matters. If he just changes the trajectory of young men's lives, that all that that's all that matters. Football is a game, but life is so much more. Well said. 
Okay, Lilo Galante, what's up, my dude? I'm from the shy. I live down here in Atlanta. Waffle House is overrated. Rather crack? Come on, man. Lilo, you just lost me. You just lost me. Cracker Barrel. Oh, man. It, it's okay. Let's not elevate Cracker Barrel to like the greatest breakfast spots. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Depends on the cook. There's, there are some bad cooks at Cracker Barrel, too. Nobody said, I don't think anybody, Marcus Kerr, I think you need to start from the beginning of the show. I don't think anybody in here, well, that's not true because I see people in the chat saying that they wanted somebody other than Marcus Freeman. That's, and like I said, that's fine. I'm cool with that. I really am because that's part of the conversation. That's why we come on here every day, create the content, give you guys an opportunity to, create, to uh, have a conversation with us. And if Mike, I mean, if Fickle, for example, was your guy, because the national media gave Fickle the job for at least a week, at least a week, is Luke Fickle. It's Luke Fickle. Like Marcus Freeman just wasn't even a candidate. And then they wanted to jump on the, on the news late when everybody around the program pretty much was like, yo, Marcus Freeman looks like he's going to be the guy. Sean Green, I appreciate you tapping in as a Giants fan. As a Giants fan, I lean toward hiring Flores, but with how badly our offense was, I understand hiring Davis. And also with Sheen, the new GM, giving the vote of confidence to Jones as well and really pointing out how the organization hadn't really done right by him and giving him an opportunity to truly be developed you know, in a new offensive system and somebody that will support him. I can agree with that. All things being considered. I can rock with that. I really can. I just would I just wish I, I hate it because they consulted with Belichick. He's connected to the organization as he should be. He should be connected to the Mara family. And I'm sure they talked to him, asked him questions. And the fact that he had the news and just made the mistake of texting it to the wrong guy, to the wrong Brian, just brought about. And like I said, in corporate America, you fall in love with a guy or you fall in love with a woman, a guy, a person, and this is our guy. This is our woman. This is the one we want to hire. But you know what? This person is impressive, and we haven't talked to them. So even though we're leaning this way, you know what? Let's give this person an opportunity because they might change our mind. And sometimes that that might change someone's mind. It happened with the Bears. The Bears were on the path of hiring somebody that Bill Polian, who was the consultant for the process, had brought in and interviewed. And Ryan Poles came in at the end, who wasn't a Polian guy, and blew away everybody in the room with his interview. And eventually it led to him being the GM for the Chicago Bears. So from a corporate standpoint, Things happen all the time. Where are your fingers? Waffle House in Atlanta and Marietta are fire. Uh, Sacho, it'll 1,000%, 10,000% be a settlement. No way they're going to let discovery happen after the groove stuff this year. Good point. Very good point. Very good point. 
<laughs> Kanye and company need to buy the Broncos. That's something I haven't even broached. Like, there needs to be an opportunity for ownership to also be more diverse. But, hey, I don't know uh, what else to tell you. What's up, Chill? Appreciate you, my dude. Sean, any plans on bringing former player and assistant strength coach David Grimes on? Should be great strength coach learning from Baylor's. Remember him and Kelly on the sideline? Yes, we talked about that. Uh, Malik, I believe, was there and <laughs> kind of gave all of us the background on that, why it went down. And David Grimes is a pretty, pretty strong dude. A lot of people at UCLA game with Brady Quinn threw the touchdown eventually to uh, Samarja. People forget the catch that David Grimes had on had on third down on the sideline. Legendary catch by David Grimes. So welcome to welcome him back to the program. That would be great. John Long says, please keep hating on USC. It's my favorite thing to discuss. Hey, man, look. Now, this is the problem, though. Something more than likely will be on the line for Notre Dame when they go to the Coliseum the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's either the college football playoff or it's an NY6. Something will be on the line. And by the end of the season, I would venture to say, cast away something disastrous happening, like Caleb Williams being out for the season or something like that, or them, their entire roster just battling injuries at that point in time. You would think that that team, the USC team, would be much better later in the season than they will be at the beginning. So that's something to watch out for. It'll be a West Coast game. You know, whether it's USC or Stanford, you know, but I think the trenches, in the trenches, Notre Dame is going to dominate USC this year. That's what I fully expect. Yeah, Kerry, we talked about that, and uh, we talked about it pretty much being Tim Brewster's job if he wants it, according to reports. And Brewster, I think he was a head coach at Minnesota for, man, five seasons, I think, five seasons, from like 11 to 15, I think. And then he became an assistant tight end, I mean, assistant head coach, tight ends coach down in Florida. And... That's where he's been. Diablo, you be safe as well. Yeah, just waiting for everything to slow down. It's, it's crazy, my man. It's still snowing. Snowed overnight. Trees are, man, it's crazy. It's a winter wonderland.
Paul Curry, the greatest of play callers, would be neutered without a running game. You're right. Cone had no escape ability. Yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, all of that comes into play because at some point you're going to get resistance from the defense or from the team and what you're trying to do to them. And when you have that, it's up to your players. And that's why it's so important that the best player on your team that has the ball in his hands every play has multiple ways to impact the game other than a guy like Jack Cone that is totally dependent on a run game, the receivers, you know, having separation and the offensive line giving him protection. Like all of that has to happen for him to be able to do his job and make an impact. A guy like Caleb Williams, he doesn't need that. He can impact it with his legs. He can get out the pocket, make a play, run for 10 yards on third down. You saw it with Spencer Sanders. When we get them in third and long, here he goes scrambling to get the first down. They continue to drive. So just having someone like that, and we have that. We're both quarterbacks. That's one thing about this year, having an offensive line, but having quarterbacks that can run when things break down. That's going to add to the playmaking and the play calling from Tommy Reese. You said, man, Fickle was too <laughs> Fickle was too dull for you, Coleman. Yes. Notre Dame is cool. And Howard Griffith pointed that out yesterday. How, you know, people. It's love and hate with Notre Dame, and people might be coming over from that hate side now with Marcus Freeman and say, you know what? Let me let me give them a chance. Joe H. Indy kept coaches to keep programs stable. I wanted Freeman and wanted him to succeed. Don't care what racist assistants are as long as they can coach and recruit. They only wanted that for Marcus Freeman because of his lack of experience. That's not true with Fickle. Fickle would have had the opportunity to bring on his own staff, which is why both Elston and Tommy Reeves went and took meetings with Brian Kelly. And they came back based upon the conversation with Jack Swarbrick and the direction the interviews were going. And at that point in time, Jack Swarbrick was starting to steer everything in the direction of Marcus Freeman. And he let Tommy Reeves know that. Don't get it twisted. Luke Fickle had the opportunity to bring in whomever he wanted to bring in. The stability was for the direction that the coaching search was going, which was eventually turning to Marcus Freeman. Yeah, Maris Lufau is coming back next year. He's coming back next year. I'm excited to see Mayors back on the field, man. It's been too long. You know what time it is. Petticoat. 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 Junction. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction?
That's right. Petty Junction, each and every day, right here. We might fill it up today. We might fill it up, okay? Steven Ross, owner of the Miami Dolphins, my man. Bro, first of all, <laughs> you try to get this man to sacrifice his whole entire coaching career for 100K per loss. Now it'd be different if it was a meal per loss. I'm joking. But 100K per loss, you told him to go take vacations when he was in the office, working, trying to make your organization a more respectable football team. Because under your leadership, it's been pretty trash. It's been pretty trash. And then you try to orchestrate a secret meeting with him. And at that time, Patriots quarterback Tom Brady. Or, according to reports, Deshaun Watson. When you drafted Tua, when you could have had Justin Herbert. But it was the executive that, executives that wanted Tua. Very interesting. So it's, it's easy to see that you're thirsty for a quarterback. You were thirsty to get your hands on Joe Burrow. You made the decision to take Tua. And now you're sneaking around, putting together meetings to get Tom Brady to come down when he's still playing, or to get Deshaun Watson. And I told LL Nation, don't believe the narrative that they're selling that Brian Flores didn't like Tua and wanted Deshaun Watson. Brian Flores has no power to leak that a trade is imminent. That's all executives. He was a scapegoat. And now we're seeing the levels that they were willing to go to even after they fired him. They had a smear campaign going. They were calling teams on the back channels to say he's hard to work with. You fired him. Let it go. Move on. Go. You still don't have a, a head coach because you're too busy trying to make sure Brian Flores doesn't get a job. You knew he had dirt on you. That's what it was. You knew he had dirt on you and you were trying to take him out the loop to make sure you didn't get exposed. But unfortunately, that backfired. Petty train for you, my man. Tomorrow, fam, and the Giants. I'm going to leave you alone. Because I understand what happened with you could have gone multiple ways. But Bill Belichick, you're mad petty, my dude. Simple mistake. Most of us probably made the same mistake, texting something to the wrong person. But let me tell you this, my man. Something as pertinent as that, yo, you can't make that mistake. You can't make that mistake. You know, that's like dudes out here, you know, trying to date multiple females. And, you know, trying to respond to both conversations at the same time. Hold on, man. Dude, have one conversation. Continue the next conversation when you're done with that conversation. Don't do it simultaneously. That's how you get caught up. And, and Belichick just got caught up. That's your boy. Brian Flores, you, that's your mentee. That's your boy. You broke his heart, man. You broke his heart. And the way you just tried to cover it up at the end, like, yeah, you know what, man, I'm sorry, man. 
You just tried to smooth it over like it was nothing. Bill Belichick. Got to throw you on the petty train. And Jim Harbaugh. Look, I understand what Coach Reed said. It's never a good time for any head coach to leave a college football program. Jim Harbaugh, look, man. You really wanted to leave last year. You probably couldn't find the job you wanted, so you agreed to take the pay cut. You put your heart and soul into this season to build your worth back up. You did that. Big Ten Championship birth in the CFP. You get embarrassed by Georgia. Perfect time for you to leave that program. Mad petty, though. But I feel like if you wanted to bounce, should have done it when you really truly wanted to do it. You could have made calls. You had opportunities last year. It's just the fact that you didn't uh, you didn't want to take the job with certain teams. It's as simple as that. Just my opinion. I have to throw you on the petty train. Caleb Williams. Yeah, my man. Now I know that there is a special you just started classes yesterday. Because USC tweeted that out. And you've gone on this full campaign of transferring, leaking, that Wisconsin was a finalist. You met with Paul Chris. Then you talked about UCLA. Then it's still in the mix. Look, you knew you wanted to go to USC as soon as Lincoln Riley left. I give you credit for playing in the bowl game and sticking it out with Oklahoma for this season mad petty for the way you handled this thing. You should have just gone to USC. Right? And definitely, you're getting the hookup. Because you started classes yesterday, and the last day to register for classes and start classes at USC was actually the 21st. Or, let me check that, the 25th. Classes started on the 10th. How would I know? Because that's where my tuition goes. For my daughter. So I know when they started classes, and I know the last day to either drop a class and pick up another class and register and start taking classes. It was the 25th. So yeah, they made a special, very special exception for you to drag out this whole thing when you and your dad knew from day one that you wanted to go to USC. Come on, man. Who better? Caleb Williams and his dad, man, making this circus out of something that was so simple. Ridiculous. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Subscribe, share, like. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on Apple Podcasts at A2S Network. Just search A2S Network. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Lucky Lefty Pod. Go back and check out our interviews with Coach Carl Reed from 247 Sports, talking about Notre Dame recruiting, NIL, his former player that he coached at Desmet in St. Louis, Christian Gray. He gave us insight on his recruitment. Then we talked to Houston Griffith, I mean, not Houston Griffith, Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network on yesterday. Go check out both episodes. They were fantastic. LL Nation, we appreciate you so much. Hopefully, Malik will be back in tune, sounding better tomorrow. He did text me. At 9.49 saying, yo, can I still hop on? I didn't see it. So he wanted to hop on, didn't get a chance to. 
he'll be back with us later on. Not tonight, but tomorrow, 9 o'clock, same time, same channel. Go subscribe, share, and like YouTube channel. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. Michael Graves, I appreciate you. Sorry, I had to call an audible. I felt like this show had to be different. Thank you, LL Nation, for co-hosting with me today and making this show an incredible show. We tell you each and every day, spin it different for my man, Malik Zaire at Overtime Malik. I'm Sean Davis at SB2 Mics. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast.